Hello, and welcome to Princess in the Podcast. I'm your host, Hannah Sawyers, and I'm ready to talk Disney movies past and present. Once upon a time, Hannah and Eric sat down to talk about The Empire Strikes Back. How are you doing? Great, how are you? Pretty good. How about you introduce yourself? Tell whatever you feel like telling. Okay, uh, my name is Eric King, currently a senior at the University of Oklahoma, studying online journalism, and hopefully graduating in May. (laughs) And then after that, maybe want to work in radio or TV. Something related to that. Okay, awesome. And you're Katie's brother. Yes. Who's been a frequent guest, and she co-hosts our Disney Plus episodes. So she was kind enough to be like, hey, I think you need my brother on the podcast. And so I'm real excited to have you on. Yeah, looking forward to it. So why don't you tell me what your movie is and why you picked it? I chose Star Wars Episode Five: uh, The Empire Strikes Back, mainly because that is my favorite Star Wars movie. And the Star Wars just as a property in its whole is one of my favorite things in general. So I thought that'd be a good place to, or something for me to talk about. Yeah, I am so glad that Disney bought Star Wars because it just has opened a whole new world. (laughs) And it's just really cool to get to talk about Star Wars and Disney together. So why don't you give us a storyline? It picks up about three years after the end of episode four. So three years after the Death Star is blown up. The Rebel Alliance, Luke, Han, Leia, Chewie, all those people, they have set up a new base on the snow planet Hoth. And in that time, the Empire has spent three years looking for them, trying to find where their new base is at. When the movie opens, they have found the base. And so about a 25-minute action scene takes place of them storming the rebel base after that this is where our main character split up luke heads off to dagobah to train with master yoda at the the advice of ben kenobi and then han leia chewie c3pr2d2 then they go off to bespin to hide with han's old friend lando calrissian and then from there it's pretty much just darth vader and the empire tracking down han and them setting a trap for luke so he'll come save them big battle at the end movie famously ends on kind of not really a cliffhanger but more of like a you know kind of a sad note it's not necessarily a happy ending like the fourth one is kind of Mm -hmm. leaves you wanting to watch the next one as soon as that one's over yeah so the timing of this is perfect we just recently did a new hope on an episode and one of the things we talked about is how on a new hope they didn't know there was going to be more movies and so it really did try to like wrap everything up Mm -hmm. and so this movie feels very different like you said you've got that cliffhanger where you're like well like what happened to han what what what's next and we just don't know one of the things that i think is really cool about the star wars movies is that it puts all your background information right at the front for you to read. And so instead of like in a normal movie, like for example, Harry Potter, like you don't learn that Harry's parents died at the beginning of the movie. You learn it through figuring out, okay, he's living with his aunt and uncle. And so it's just such an interesting storytelling tool. And I I think it's really interesting. Do you have any other thoughts about the storyline? Well, what you just said specifically, it's, I credit George Lucas so much for that idea because not all movies that are set up as trilogies or even just sequels, a lot of times they'll happen, you know, just kind of in in their timeline, they'll happen back to back. You know, there's three years between four and five. There's at least a couple years between five and six. And so that opening crawl, that text gives you a good idea of what's happened in that time gap. So you're not having to fill it in yourself or just assume what happened. It kind of builds it up perfectly. So when the opening scene happens, you're right there with the characters. You know what's happened the past three years. And so you don't feel like you've missed anything. 
if you haven't watched the movies in a while. Yeah, I also feel like both movies are kind of standalone-ish because you have that at the beginning. You kind of can figure out things from that text at the beginning to, to put you in the right spot. And so I just love these movies. So I'm glad you picked this one. <laughs> so let's talk about characters. We've got, you know, Luke, Han Solo, Leia, Obi-Wan Kenobi, Darth Vader, C-3PO, Chewie, R2-D2, Yoda, Lando Calrissian. I mean, you've got a lot of other, you know, you've got the Stormtroopers, you've mm. got, you know, random people and creatures all throughout the movie. Who are your favorites? So my absolute favorite, and this hasn't changed since the first time I've watched the movie, uh, Han Solo is probably my favorite Star Wars character of all time. Uh, that hadn't changed. Uh, I liked him in, in episode four. He was just kind of the, you know, arrogant smuggler, macho man, didn't want to act like he cared about anything. But I thought in this movie was where we kind of saw he still wants to hold on to that of him being this smuggler and doesn't want to care about anything, doesn't want friends or family. And you see throughout the movie when he's with Leia, how you can see that pulling at him. He has feelings for her. She has feelings for him too. But there's times where he feels like his instincts are to go away from all this. And that's one of the reasons he takes him back to Lando. It's an old friend. He knows how that stuff operates. But it's nice to see that his character is still developing two movies in. He's not just the same person we saw in four. And then it, it changes more in six, but we're not talking about episode six. But it just it, it, it's like you can see it progress from one movie, you know, to the next. Right, right. Um, for me, I don't know that I can pick a favorite. I, I feel like, you know, your main core characters bring so much to the story. And I feel like you have a lot of that character development for each of those main characters. I mean, I feel like Leia grows a lot in this movie. I feel like Luke, you know, he's trying to learn how to harness the force. He's doing all the training to try and get better at it. And then Leia is sorting out her feelings about how she feels about Luke and Han. And you're, I feel like it's a really great storytelling element because you feel really confused conflicted and confused about what's happening there too I just love these characters and so I'm gonna take the easy way out and say I don't have a favorite I definitely think in a new hope Han is my favorite um because he's just like I don't know I I just really like him in in the first one but I I love them all in the second I think Han's easy to relate to at least for me it is they set it up in episode four really well and expand on it in episode five in episode four, you know, they're on the Millennium Falcon and Ben Kenobi's still alive. They have that conversation where Luke chastises Han for saying, you don't believe in the Force, do you? And I can relate to Han being like, well, didn't you just discover it 25 minutes ago? <laughs> he, you know, he's a little more hesitant. I feel like he's more like a grounded person compared to Luke, who is just this aspirational, once an adventure young boy. Hans, you know, he's been through it. He's seen what's going on. And that, I think that gives him more of a kind of a grounded character. And I do like Luke. It's just the contrast of those two, especially in this movie, is like on opposite ends of the spectrum completely. Yeah, definitely. So let's talk about quotes. There's a lot of iconic quotes in this movie, one of which is the one that has been butchered so many times that mm-hmm. I don't even want to try and say <laughs> it, where uh, Darth Vader tells Luke that he's his father. You've got the Han quote where... um. Leia says, I love you. And he says, I know back. And you're just like, that's like the essence of him, you know? And so what is your favorite quote from this movie? I've actually got a couple of them, but it's funny. Oh, yeah. I, don't, I don't know if you knew the Han Solo I know. Uh, that was not in the script. Uh, Harrison Ford had told the director right before the scene filmed that he was going to do that because he felt like that's something Han Solo would say. 
And That's turns crazy. Out, and it turns out, like you said, it fits perfectly. That is exactly yeah. what he would say. Uh, my first one I have is it's when Leia and Han, they're at Hoth, and they're all surrounded by Luke, and they get in an argument. And Leia says, you stuck-up, half-witted, scruffy-looking scruffy nerf herder. <laughs> and Han, of all the things he could have said to that, to fire back, and he says, who's scruffy-looking? <laughs> that is just like my favorite little back and forth between those two. Uh, and then I picked one from when Yoda and Luke are training together on Dagobah. And Luke's talking about, you know, he's looking for all this adventure and excitement because he, he thinks that's what Jedi are about. And Yoda tells him, he said, adventure and excitement, a Jedi craves not these things. That's kind of like the first time outside of a little bit of exposition from Ben Kenobi in the last episode. We kind of we start to see like what the Jedi actually were. They weren't just like these warriors fighting on the front lines of battle. Mm-hmm. Yoda kind of paints out that they're more peacekeepers compared to the image that Luke had in his head already. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For me, my number one favorite is Never Tell Me the Odds mm-hmm. that Han tells C-3PO. Because throughout the movie, C-3PO gives like the odds of survival. And and he's just like, no, I don't need to know this because the goal is to, like, get there or do it. And so I don't need to know what the odds are that I'm going to fail. Just quit. And then another iconic quote is from Yoda where he says, do or do not. There is no try. And, you know, that is such a great quote to live by, I think, across the board. So let's talk about sequels and the franchise as a whole, this can be anything you want to talk about. What do you think of the other Star Wars movies? We can talk about the first three and how terrible they are, you know, one, two, and three, and how, you know, they're just not, I mean, for me, they don't hold the essence. They don't have the storytelling gravitas that four, five, and six do. But whatever you want to talk about here, it's up to you. Yeah, usually once a year or so, I'll rewatch all the movies and I'll rank them. Uh, my rankings have stayed pretty similar each time I do it. But the original trilogy, I I think usually my rankings, those are three of the top four movies. The prequels, I'm kind of with you. It sacrifices characters and storytelling for CGI and lightsaber battles mm-hmm. and, and stuff that isn't Star Wars trade negotiations and mm-hmm. Senate meetings. And I mean, I, I don't dislike any Star Wars movie. I enjoy all of them to some degree. But the prequels outside of Episode 3 are kind of hard to watch. Mm-hmm. And then, obviously, within the past five or six years, the sequel trilogy has been quite the argument. It's pretty split up and down about whether people like 7, 8, and 9. Uh, 8 seems to be probably the most hated Star Wars there is. I'm personally on the side of enjoying it. I like what, I like what they did with it. Uh, I would watch 7, 8, and 9 rewatch before I'd rewatch episode one and two. Yeah. I think they feel more like Star Wars movies than episode one and two do. But that's just me. Uh like I agree. eight is by far, from what I can tell, is like the most hated Star Wars that there is. I really love seven, eight and nine because it gives us like a different it returns to like the storytelling and how big Star Wars is supposed to be, mm-hmm. but then it shifts it. It returns to what like the it focuses more on what the Jedi is. And that, I feel like, is what 1, 2, and a little bit 3 is missing. You know, we we need to be centered on this idea that the Jedi are going to restore order. I don't know. That's what I think. Do you have any thoughts about The Mandalorian? I mean, I, I watched it through once. It's pretty excellent. Uh, I saw that the Season 2 trailer came out, and so I'm pretty excited for that. I've only watched it through once. Honestly, I'll probably rewatch it another time. 
right before the second season comes out, so I can just kind of binge both seasons back-to-back. I overall enjoy it. Uh, My only really issue with it is, and as of right now, I think it's still just like a rumor, but they've talked about certain characters being brought into the second season that we're already aware of, like we already know. Uh, Mm -hmm. Like, Kano is one of them, things like that. Uh, And that's kind of my issue with the Star Wars universe as a whole right now. Like, honestly, ever since Disney bought it, it's it seems like every show, TV show, comic book, whatever, any incarnation we get, we're picking up on characters we already know and storylines. And it feels like for a Star Wars universe that was set up to be so, so vast and big, mm-hmm. it, it feels weird that we can't we're getting the same characters. It makes the universe feel small, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Like if someone like Boba Fett or Ahsoka Tana ends up in the Mandalorian. If you think about it in like the universe of Star Wars, like what are the odds of that? Mm-hmm. And so, and yeah. so I like when Mandal- you have so many different planets. And- yeah, exactly. And so I like the Mandalorian the first season because n- nothing is repeated. There are no characters we know. There's most of the planets and that kind of stuff. The settings are different. And right now they're like I said, they're just rumors. But I'm worried about that second season throwing in some fan service of like cameos of other characters we know and stuff. I like things to be original. I, th- I thought that would made the first season like so good. It's because they were completely new to us. Yeah. So with Han being your favorite character, what do you think of the solo movie? I wasn't, I didn't like it that much. And that's kind of the same reason is I didn't, I didn't think we needed that movie. Like w- we knew, we knew what happened. Mm-hmm. He, he won the Millennium Falcon in a gambling game with Lando. He made the Kessel run. Like, it, I guess it was cool to see it, but at the end of the day, we didn't really need that movie. Like, and we, I feel we, like... The idea of what, who Han Solo is, it didn't feel necessary, honestly. And I feel like any iteration of Han Solo that isn't played by Harrison Ford mm-hmm. is going to fall short, and we're going to be disappointed by it. And yeah. so, like, that's where I have a hard time, and that's why I haven't watched it, because mm-hmm. I just can't imagine him being played by anyone other than Harrison Ford. I mean, he, he gives a good performance. It is weird seeing somebody else play him. And I had told, cause I, I went and saw it with my sister when it came out. And that's what I told her was like, I think that's, I think it's a fine like sci-fi movie, but I don't think it's a very good star Wars movie. Cause like, like there's nothing new, all the characters except one is the same, you know, I don't know. It just felt like kind of a boring two hours of a movie. Okay. What's your favorite moment from this movie? It was hard to pick one. So I cheated and picked two. So the first one is when Luke and Yoda are on Dagobah. Uh, Luke's kind of struggling with his training. It's all discouraged. And then Yoda pulls his X-Wing out of the lagoon using the Force. And the reason I like that so much is that up until that point, purposely, Yoda has acted like this crazy old hermit who is kind of playing dumb, kind of bring on Luke along, doesn't want to just spoon feed it to him. you know. And then he pulls that X-Wing out of the water with the Force. And that was kind of like my your first visualization of like what you're capable of doing when you're able to not master the force, but just kind of be in touch with it. And so from that, from that standpoint, I thought that was like a great like universe builder because episode four, there weren't a whole lot of things with the force outside of them just talking. Mm-hmm. This was kind of the first time we saw it in action and you're kind of like, Whoa. So that's like, that's what Luke can be capable of, you know, if he sticks with this. And the second one I picked was just, I, the Luke and Vader battle at the end, I think the whole thing is great. 
just but specifically the conversation at the end they're having where he reveals that you know he's his father and stuff just from a sense of obviously that's one of the biggest twists like in movie history all this stuff but it, it it's it's so big it's so impactful because it sets up episode six but that also sets up pretty much the rest of the star wars universe it sets up the prequels, sets up four more TV shows, sets up all these video games. Like it sets up everything like him. Anakin Skywalker being Luke Skywalker's father is like the next stepping stones for the next 35 years of like Star Wars, you know, franchises and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For me, it's the same thing. Like, how do you pick? Because this movie is so well done but ultimately like my favorite moment is when Luke is just like stuck out I don't I don't know the words for things but he's you know he's finished the battle and he's just hanging on to the thing outside of the other thing see great great vocab there anyway and he like is trying to get Leia to come save him and she goes we got to go back and they're all like no and she's like no we got to go back I know where Luke is and seeing the use of the force even with her because I feel like up until that point correct me if I'm wrong we hadn't seen Leia in touch with the force yeah so I just think that's really cool because her first experience with the force is going to save she doesn't know it but her brother (laughs) and so you know that's a whole nother thing that happens in the next episode so I just think this movie is really great. Do you have any final thoughts about this movie? Outside of me thinking it's the best one, um, I, the only thing I would say is for people who maybe haven't gotten into Star Wars, uh, there seems to be a big thing right now that I've seen people get into Star Wars is that the order they watch them in is people, they want to start with one because they like starting with episodic order. Mm-hmm. I, because of this movie, what happens in this movie, I can't stress enough that you cannot start with episode one. there's a weird specific order that I do, but for most people you start with the, you can start with the original trilogy, watch four, five, six, and then watch one, two, three, because what happens here, if you watch one, two, three first, this, what I, like I said, was one of the biggest twists in history, movie history. It's not going to hit you at all because you knew, you Mm -hmm. knew already. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if anyone listens to this, it hasn't (laughs) got into Star Wars yet. I can't implore you enough to start with four, five, six, and then start back with the prequels and watch that afterwards. Yeah, I agree. I agree 100%. Like, I remember watching these movies for the first time. We had gone, our family had gone somewhere, like, to a friend's lake house or something. And my parents had rented them, and we watched them for the first time. And I just remember being so, I was probably, like, seven or eight. I don't know how old I was. But, I mean, the impact that the storytelling has on you, like, I feel like you can never forget the first time you watched them because it is so big. Um, A few final thoughts I have. First off, the music in this movie is really great. You know, you've got the Imperial March. You've got space noises. You've got all this stuff that really, unless you're looking for it, you don't recognize, I feel like. But it adds so much to the story and Mm -hmm. is really neat. And then, like I said, the great thing about disney purchasing star wars is we get star wars in the parks um prior to disney purchasing star wars from fox did they purchase it from fox or lucasfilms i don't know whoever they bought it from (laughs) they had already had a deal to have star wars in the parks and they had star tours which was a ride with c3po 
Um, but now that they own the franchise, they have a whole section of both at Disney World in Orlando and Disneyland in California that is Star Wars Ga- Galaxy's Edge. And what's interesting is originally they were planning on um, theming that land to be like Tatooine, mm-hmm. but they recognized the fact that they wanted they wanted it to be new Star Wars, and they wanted it to not feel like old Star Wars. And so I think it's really cool because you did talk about how they want to go back and keep grabbing, but they recognized at least while they were building this, that they needed to move the galaxy forward and not mm-hmm. stay where they were comfortable. So I just think it's kind of neat. I appreciate you being on. Yeah. Thanks for having me. That was fun. I'm so glad you joined us for this week's Princess in the Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Princess in the Podcast and on Twitter at Princess Pod. Visit our website, princessinthepodcast.com. I hope you live happily ever after.